0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: It's February 27, 1827, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors
1: When the first modern Mardi Gras procession in New Orleans took place today in history in 1827, it was understandable if things took a while to get going. The traditional Mardi Gras masquerade had been banned for 60 years at this point, and so it fell to a group of students who had recently returned from Europe to get the party started, donning masks and costumes and hitting the streets to remind their fellow townsfolk how it was done.
2: Can I just admit, up top, that I knew so little about uh, Mardi Gras, and I apologise to everyone listening in the US who probably knows more than me. I just assumed, from what I'd gleaned to the extent that I'd thought about it at all, that Mardi Gras was probably Spanish or Portuguese for big party, and that it had come to Louisiana... <laughs> as a result of migrants in the 20th century. Wrong, wrong, wrong. (laughs) I
1: was going to say that's impressively wrong.
2: Uh, Mardi Gras is French for Fat Tuesday. It refers to the ritualistic eating of generally unhealthy foods before the 40 days of fasting for Lent, i.e. it is the same as... Pancake Day in the UK. All of that celebration you see in New Orleans is their version of Pancake Day. I had no idea and I'm now furious that we get pancakes whilst other people get a proper party. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and in fact, Mardi Gras origins can be traced right back to ancient pagan festivals and medieval European traditions such as Saturnalia and Eupicalia. And these celebrations were held in anticipation of the spring. And once uh, Christianity arrived to Europe, they then sort of morphed into a religious holiday That was acceptable To Christendom But also uh, Was still very much The kind of stuff They were doing anyway Like Christmas Right <laughs>
1: An American Mardi Gras is pretty much the doing of one man, uh, a French-Canadian explorer called Jean-Baptiste Moyne de Bienville, who was all about Mardi Gras, beginning with the fact that he named his initial landing site near present-day New Orleans Pointe du Mardi Gras in 1699 because it was the day before Shrove Tuesday. I mean, it's not, it wasn't even Shrove Tuesday. He was like, you know what my favourite day of the year is? <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> in 1702, so three years later, he established Fort Louis de la Louisiane, which is now Mobile, Alabama.
2: Important you remember Mobile. Just keep that fact in the back Mm. of your brain. Yes, uh, I've
1: I've got to say, not tooting its own horn enough about its Mardi Gras origins. Uh, And the next year, that became the site of America's very first Mardi Gras celebration. Bienville then went on to found the city of New Orleans in 1718. And as you can imagine, within a few years, Mardi Gras masquerades were commonplace across his new settlement.
2: Another thing I didn't realise is that there isn't just one carnival. Well, actually, carnival as a as a word refers to the period that begins on January the sixth, the Epiphany, and ends on Mardi Gras. So actually, the Mardi Gras is kind of the finale of the feasting. But actually, there's there's loads of different carnivals. There's not just well, I thought there was just like one street parade, and I thought it was Spanish or Portuguese because they do it in Brazil. But no, that's Catholicism. <laughs> <laughs> so it, there's loads of there's loads of parties. So like if you go to New Orleans, there's up to seventy a year still Uh, and the reason that there are so many it was twofold one is that um ever since 1827 the parties got increasingly more popular year on year more people getting involved specifically as the masquerade became the thing that people were doing more upper crust people getting involved wealthy people getting involved because if your face is covered no one knows who you are so the landowners can participate as well with the plebs and the other reason is that despite the outstanding revenue that um, the Mardi Gras still makes for the city of New Orleans around half a billion dollars per year. It's basically coordinated by a load of individual disparate groups. It's still possible to essentially say we'll have our own parade. So that means that it's constantly growing which does kind of pay tribute to
0: exactly what happened on this day when that group of students, who themselves were inspired by their experiences of studying in Paris, that they just did their own thing. They put on masks and these jester costumes, as you said, Rebecca, and then they basically just took to the streets in a very rowdy fashion to try to emulate exactly what they'd seen over in Paris and bring that to the US. And really, I think it was that sense of kind of wild abandon that helped this uh, festival start to take off. And as the parties grew more and more popular each year, eventually in 1933, a rich plantation owner named Bernard Xavier de Marigny de Mandeville raised money to fund an official Mardi Gras celebration. And over the years, the New Orleans Mardi Gras traditions began to evolve into kind of what we know today. Initially, it was masked revelers parading through the streets on kind of like carriages carrying gaslight torches. And these days it's turned into floats and much more sort of electrical light up celebration. But, you know, really those first foundations were being laid right at this moment.
1: It was something that really represented the character of the French North American colonies, because it was influenced by Catholicism, of course, that was at the root of it. But it was also influenced by the Pacific culture of Louisiana, which had developed separately to the rest of North America, in the sense that it was a very different society from a racial perspective to what was happening in the developing USA. And that was because although the French Empire did practice slavery, New Orleans was home to a large population of free, black, and mixed race citizens. And although it was far from a racial utopia, there was a stratification of society that wasn't necessarily necessarily racial it was stratified mostly by class and so at the very top of new Orleans society you had an elite of educated and well-off planters and business owners who were black or mixed race and they were fiercely attached to their french influenced culture you know of cotillions and debutante balls and they also during mardi gras were hosting their own balls there was the so-called i mean this is extremely unpleasant and of its time but there was the so-called quadroon ball which was quadroon is a very antiquated offensive now term for someone who is of one quarter black ancestry and so this This is where wealthy white men would go to try and find a light-skinned black mistress. But, you know, there were festivities happening at all levels. And when New Orleans came under Spanish rule in the 1760s, they were very concerned by these masquerades because they were not only rowdy and out of control because they weren't an official party. They were worried that the the masks and other disguises enabled mischief, crime and interracial mingling. And they banned all of these things because they were very concerned about what would happen if people of all levels and all races were just, you know, brushing elbows on the street or maybe brushing more.
2: Meantime... In Mobile, Alabama, they'd innovated the concept of floats, or what we now think of as floats. Obviously, once they were motorised, they started to look a little bit different, but basically a street parade with the thing that moves. And that influenced a group of six men in 1857 to establish a secret group that they named the Mystic Crew of Comu, uh, who held a themed parade. Now, the theme that they chose for their parade, bearing in mind that today it's themes like mermaids, The Demon Actors in Milton's Paradise Lost, which I think is probably harder for people to relate to now. Um, But the concept was the same. Let's dress up and parade through the town. And from that evolved the tradition of crews, K-R-E-W-E-S, which is the gang of people you can join up to, to if you want to, commandeer afloat now.
0: But bit by bit, you know, new traditions were added just in an ad hoc manner. The second Mardi Gras crew formed 14 years after that first one in 1870. They were called the Twelfth Night Revelers. Uh, and they were the first to introduce the idea of the Mardi Gras throws. That's the, the sort of throwing out of collectible knickknacks, usually, uh, strings of beads that people have a particular phrase that they continue to shout on the street which is uh, throw me something mister this will be no, no surprise to anyone who's actually been to a new orleans mardi gras
2: although no one was getting their boobs out in the, the 1800s true. because everyone in the crew was a man, <laughs> right? Yes, indeed.
1: Well, this is the thing. On one hand, the crews made Mardi Gras what it is today, but on the other hand, it put what had been this spontaneous cultural melting pot festival into the hands of societies who mostly restricted their membership to white men. And not only that, they actively upheld white supremacist beliefs. In 1877, Komu's official parade theme was the Aryan race. <laughs>
2: mermaids everyone
1: yeah. <laughs> do that <laughs> well, this is the thing you know the, the mystic crew of Comey was founded by six white protestant american newcomers you know, people who really had no connection to the original mardi gras at all you know they weren't french they weren't catholic and several of these other old what's so called old line crews they haven't participated in the public mardi gras since 1991 this is when new orleans city council passed an ordinance that barred discrimination within parading societies basically you won't have a permit to be in the parade if you discriminate which would have compromised the secrecy of their membership. That was, you know, their public reason for choosing not to participate. Not that they didn't want to let black people and women in, but they didn't want to have to hand over details of their membership. And instead, what they do now is they hold private balls and masquerades for their members.
2: I mean, it seems extraordinary from a 21st century perspective, doesn't it? That until the 90s, it was legal to exclude women, blacks, gays, Jews and Italians from a crew that would parade through the city as an international tourist event. And... (laughs) receive the support of the city financially for so doing. But I suppose the argument was, well, there are crews of women and there are crews of black people, so everyone has a chance. They just can't join our crew. The rowdy history
0: of the New Orleans Mardi Gras is really uh, rammed home by the way that the official celebrations end, which is with New Orleans police officers on foot and mounted on horseback, moving through the crowds on Bourbon Street at midnight, and the mayor often joins behind, I presume to make it look like it's something ceremonial, but it probably is also there to tidy up any parties that have got a bit out of hand.
2: Well, uh, yeah, how it really ends is with a real tidying up with a whole load of garbage collectors. The city estimates that it tosses around 2.5 million pounds of waste every year.
1: I mean, my question is, do the bin men decorate their garbage trucks?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow. So I checked out my Collins Concise. And uh, no, go straight from Dorchester to Dordogne. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com slash retrospectors.